Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. You're listening to Puma Podcast. Hi, I'm Carl Javier, CEO of Puma Podcast, and you're listening to A Better Normal. This is a special episode. We recorded it live with Albert Orr. He is the co-founder of Pushpin Visual Solutions. And he's a really interesting artist. He's made comic books that have been published internationally. And if you've seen any of the visual notes that we've released for A Better Normal, then you have seen his work. He's a fantastic thinker about creativity. And we hope that you enjoy this conversation. Okay, hello everyone. You're listening to a Puma podcast live stream. This is a special for A Better Normal. I'm talking to my good friend, collaborator, many other things, Albert Orr. Uh, hi, Albert. Hello, hello. Albert is the, what's your big boss title at, at Pushpin? My big boss title. I'm the president of Pushpin. Uh, so it's a design studio that uses drawings and stories to make information easy to understand. And for the most part, how we've applied that particular skill set is we work with nonprofits, foundations, uh, social entreps, essentially to help explain social causes and, and um, advocacies like that. You know that I've, I've been a fan of Pushpin. I've been a fan of, of your work. That's why... Many, many years ago, we started working together. So for this hour, we're going to be talking about creativity, entrepreneurship, and this idea that you and I are, are exploring, creative entrepreneurship. But before so, we get there, yeah, go ahead. So all the things that we talk about normally anyway, except recorded. <laughs> oh, yes. But also, remember, we used to hang out on Clubhouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is just our uh, upgraded uh, version of Clubhouse. Uh, before we get there, um, I wanted you to maybe give our listeners a little recommendation. One, what's a creative book you would recommend? And then what's an entrepreneurial book you would recommend? That overachiever, ako, I'll also take one step further and share with you like a podcast that I've been listening yeah, to a lot. Oh, sure. Uh, so, so, so that maybe we'll dive in, like we'll segue into what we'll be talking about. But Creatively, I don't know if you've seen it, but Mervin Malonzo released his. Oh album. yeah, Na, is that the one with the blood, the the blood lining on the edges? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, oh, yes. so okay. that one. Um, so Tabipo, which is a really good horror series, um, now collected in one volume with. And we're we're not just saying that because he's our friend. <laughs> no, no, we're yeah, yeah. With thankfully larger text, so it's now easier to read. Um. Hmm. Because dati, malabo mata ko eh. Mahi- mahirap mabasa yung text eh. Yeah. Um, business-wise, I've been reading Nudge. I don't know if you've oh, yeah. heard of it. So Richard Thaler, Cass Sunstein. It's really about how to help uh, nudge behaviors towards hopefully more positive outcomes. So I find it relevant to a lot of the work that we do as communicators and especially the social impact work that we're trying to do. So yun, feeling, feeling textbook siya. But... I think I spend a lot more time these days listening to podcasts as well. And so apart from my podcast <laughs> shows, mm. um, I also have been listening to Diary of a CEO a lot. Okay. Um, have you have you have you listened? No, no. So Diary of a CEO is pretty much as the name suggests, um, they interview CEOs every week. And and it's been interesting to me how a lot of the challenges, regardless of industry you're in, tend to overlap. A lot yes. of the skill sets also, especially in the age of AI, yung parang, oh, so paano mo maging successful? And however which way they put it, umuwi siya sa, 
basta magpakatao ka lang. Yung parang, ah, okay, ayun lang pala. So, so it's it's nice. It's interesting getting to hear what the challenges and journeys of different leaders have been in in growing, scaling their businesses. I, I've been away for two weeks going to conferences and interacting with media founders and people from like all over the world. Literally, it's the most international group of people I've been around. South Africa, uh, South America, uh, Middle East, Europe, like er- everyone came together for these media conferences. And it's kind of amazing to know that everyone faces the same problems. And then it doesn't matter what geography you're in, like business problems are business problems. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and these challenges are things that need to be confronted. Um, and and I, I think, again, it goes back to our idea that maybe creativity is the way through which we confront some of these business challenges as opposed to sort of the traditional ways that that business looks at it. That said, I wanted to go down our little trip down memory lane. Do you remember the first project we worked on together? Abangan. Parang quiz, yeah. no? Parang quiz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Abangan was the best Philippine comics 2014. Oh, yeah, 10 year aniv now. And so it was a compilation of what we believed were some of the most outstanding comics that were already famous. So you had your budget dance and Mervin, Mervin Malonzo's in there. And then you also had some really, really fresh young talent that would go on to, to make really interesting work. Uh, but Albert and I were making this as comics creators. We were nominated for Best Comic Book. Best Comic Book for the National Book Award. And all we did was pick our favorite comics and put them into a single book. Yeah. But one thing I've been thinking about is between putting that book together and then our little vacation slash work trip to Singapore to try and sell this book, yeah. there were a lot of entrepreneurial um moments for us that we weren't even aware of were, were you thinking of that um yeah and 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 in many ways that's been part and parcel of the journey that i've been on even as someone who was just starting out as a creative i think by the time we worked together on 24 in 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 2014 i've been making comics for almost 10 years nothing professional i mean among professional comics but remember, yeah. like as guerrilla as it gets when i was starting out right like i remember one of the things that i did was create comics about what it felt like to live in a dorm when you're in school and how i decided to sell it was kinunchaba ko yung mga guard sa lobby ng condos along Katipunan to sell it to the residents in those condos. Yun okay. target market, eh. Like, parang, oy, this is our story. Um, and, and, and I say that, and I bring that up because parang when you were talking earlier about all the challenges that businesses face and how creativity can be a way out, that's it right there. A lot of the things that I was doing as a comic book creator as an author was really in many ways preparing me with the skills and I guess most importantly the the grit to be able to power through these challenges. I'm not saying that it's prepared me in the sense that I know all the answers, but it's prepared me, if nothing else, with the grit na Ang hirap kasi mag-comics, tapos ang hirap-hirap magbenta ng comics, tapos walang nagbabasa ng comics. So you really have to like be creative and be resourceful and be persistent. And and kasabay nun is the belief that if you give it the time, the effort, if you have the right ingredients, no problem is unsolvable. Um, that faith, that blind faith. Yeah. Well, this makes me think on one level, if I were to assess now, making comics was a very br- bad entrepreneurial decision. Like it's not it's it's not a, a a real growth spot, especially in the time when we were making them. Yeah, right? yeah. That, that was it. That, that, it was not a wise business decision. However, when it comes to the pursuit of believing in something that you you just you think needs to exist. Like I have yeah. a story and it needs to exist. Yeah. And I don't know how because no one else will help me, but I will bring this thing into the world. So that that is a that is entrepreneurial impulse, whether we wanted to label it that way. Because I, for one, would have totally resisted any kind of 
label as entrepreneur. Isn't, isn't, that the, isn't that the founder's character arc for the most part? Do we resist the call? Because <laughs> if you think about it, right? When you when you look back to and 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 if you look back to Al Abangan, the best Philippine comics, the the goal there was not really to elevate ourselves <laughs> as editors and curators of taste. The goal there was really from a fan perspective. You know, these are works that deserve a wider audience. More people should be talking about it, but they're not. So why don't we do something about it? Right. Um, that for me is entrepreneurship. You see a problem, you try to solve it. Right. And that's also why I want to challenge what you said earlier, where you said comics is a bad business decision. <laughs> the way I see it, kasi, and, and the way I've kind of come to terms with that part of my journey when I was still very actively making comics, pushing out different ideas into the world was I was just ahead of the curve and I need to educate the market and I need to find a way to survive long enough for the market to catch up to me. Which again, isn't that the cuento of startups right. and founders? That's true. You see something and then you feel the urge to fill the void. Yeah, and I, I would even share the reason why it's titled Abangan, the best comics 2014 is we had this aspiration that there would be Abangan 2015, 2016, and so on and, and so forth. It is not a time capsule. It was meant to be an annual anthology. Uh, pero it seems like we did not hit a specific sustainability target. <laughs> yeah. um, but we, I, I, I think it was an important thing. I hear your challenge. But I'm saying, like, where I was coming from, there was resistance if only because the way that I imagined myself was as a comics right. creator and not as a, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, same founder entrepreneur thing is like, oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I mean, are we gonna bring in your your ethnicity, Ganyan, and, and your? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but, but I, get, I get what you're saying, Rene, and and in some ways, de ba parang. Even the even the act of oh I have to go to a convention and sell the books even if I have to promote myself on social media and and shill my stuff, parang that seems more like a necessary evil rather yes. than part parcel of the creative work we have to do. But that's that's a distraction from what we're supposed to be doing theoretically. Um, so I kind of also get what you're saying, but. But not to bring in the ethnicity thing, pero, <laughs> but I feel like where, why I have less of a resistance about it is because my relationship with commerce is not as clearly delineated from okay. the art. Right? Okay. Um, because <laughs> half Chinese. Because uh, half Chinese. Ako. No, but but part of it. Kasi ako is, naman nagpunta ako sa UP Cal na sobrang oh, any kind uh, of commerce is a little awful. Ganun. Uh, I I I think part of it is also because I understand I need to eat eh, and and there's and there's nothing I can do to convince, you know, hey siege, can you give me food in exchange for this painting I made? That doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. Eh? Um, and so my choice at that point in time, when I kind of decided I want to pursue a life of the arts of creativity was, right. do I do what some creatives I know have done, which is meron akong day job that uh-huh. may or may not have anything to do with the creatives. And then I'll do this when everyone else is asleep. Like the thing right. that I really feel passionate about. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want that. Eh. I wanted, like, even this would become a distraction. If I had a day job, that would be distraction from the thing I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I might as well focus and zero in and commit to this, accept that the commercial aspects of it are part and parcel of it. Right. And 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 hopefully if I succeed, then I can sustain this. And if I didn't, then at least I did it with a stronger sense of agency and control and influence that I probably wouldn't have as much of 
if I also had to balance it with a day job. Does that make sense? Yeah, so two levels there. One is the commitment to the art and how some people will fully commit. And I think that provides a specific walling off perspective. Yeah. If you if you are only in the art, you feel like everything else outside of it is a distraction. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then one level compromise that you're talking about is I have art and then I have this day job and they're parallel. But that's also still a compromise. And I think you and I have sort of landed in a place where we are employing our creativity for the entrepreneurial projects that we're taking on. So these yeah. don't take the form of what you normally would expect, say, ako, as a literature graduate. This doesn't look like the short fiction in which I was trained. Um, yeah. It doesn't look like it, but I'm able to take those tools and take my passion for storytelling and then spin it out into something that that makes sense. One thing I wanted to throw in here was the ability to expand how we think about our positioning. Um, yeah. And I will refer to our very fun, very tiring trip to Singapore Toys, Games, and Comics Convention. So yeah. for context, uh, Albert, Rob Cham, one of the co-editors, and our, our fourth co-editor, who, of course, we, we should mention everyone, Adam was there. And, and, and so... We were manning the booth. We would take turns. And one one very clear reality at the booth was, if you could draw, you could make your money back. People will come up to you and say, please draw me a baby Groot. And then Albert and Rob were were making cash. And I, as the writer, I was just sitting there. Like, well, and then someone would say, can you draw a baby Groot? And I'm like, no, I guess I'll just go around this thing and then you go around and people are dropping literally like when you go into Singapore Comic Con the centerpiece is there's a reason why it's STGCC it's toys then games and then comics is last in terms of importance I feel because when you go in there the centerpiece is this like freaking 20,000 peso Iron Man toy it's the it's the giant figures of like Iron Man or Star Lord or whatever Right, and so it became very clear to me that the numbers were not going to add up to me as a literary writer who was the writer side of of comic books. <laughs> and 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 so that that brings us, I think. I mean, we're we're gonna jump a few years here. We're gonna jump forward to where we are now. Uh, and I guess I'll, I'll ask you first, like, what what moves you from being an individual creator, and I know you were taking on a lot of projects yeah. solo. Yeah. Uh, you know, essentially, you you would have you you would very easily be classified as a freelancer, right? Yeah. Freelance yeah. artist and the like. And you move from freelance artist to someone who puts up a business and eventually becomes an enabler of other people. Yeah, uh, and and part of that going back into what you said earlier, where the life of a creative has prepared us. <laughs> to this for point, disappointment. Uh, oh, for this point in our lives. Um, I'll also go back to that. What what enabled that transition to happen from me as an individual creator to hey, why don't I start my own business? Like, I I now hire these artists to work on projects with me. I'll tell you right now that I went from ten hours a day spent at the drawing board to. You know, I'd be happy if I have one hour a week. Um, such is the nature of the shift in my role. But what's prepared me for that, what what helped me get to that point is really because I grew up reading comics and making comics. And anyone who's ever read a comic book, no uh, Western, or even if you're familiar with how Japanese and Asian comics are made, it's not created by just one person, rarely, right? Um for the most part, they are created by a, a group of creatives. And that's yeah. also been my experience when I started making my own comics. The most fun projects are the ones that, you know, that we worked on together, Carl, the ones that I worked on with my wife. You know, it's it's always this collaborative medium. And that has taught me how to play nice with others. The other part of it is also I'm, I'm I realize that I 
I guess I don't have an inflated sense of self. Like I don't live under the delusion that I am the Gabriel Garcia Marquez of the Philippines. And so <laughs> everything that I spin turns into gold. Siguro one day, right? If I've lived enough, if I practice my craft enough. But as it is, I also realize one of the things that I can do is not necessarily to create award-winning books and comics and children's books, but but there are other skills that I bring to the table where I can make a similar impact, if not a larger impact on society. Um, I'm, I'm curious you, about that. Sure. Uh, one of the things I say often is that I don't need to be the creator, but I can be mm-hmm. the enabler. And I'm wondering if that's how you viewed yourself when when doing when sort of sliding into this role. And I know you've been doing coaching and things like that as well. Yeah. Parang um, sa sports, eh, you don't I always say like I don't feel like I need to be the person scoring the points. You know, as you long as I'm spacing the floor. Yeah, you know. Um oh, hindi ako ready for that question. Ah. Like parang, oy, introspective yun. Um <laughs> no, I I I still think of myself as a creator. Um, but but I, I think of myself as a creator of opportunities. Um, I think of myself as creator of... Feeling Stanley, but like, I, I feel like <laughs> I, I still have a hand in these creative projects. When we work on infographics for ADB, when we work for toolkits and, and comics for WHO, when we create animated videos for so-and-so. Parang, I, I was the one who helped make that happen. Um, I had a hand in it at different parts of the process. Because I think as an entrepreneur, yun yung work eh. Like, you cre- you're a creator eh. You're making things out of nothing eh. Right, you're 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 making sure you have a product, you have a service to sell, and it's less like an enabler where I'm sitting on the sidelines and everyone is sweating it out. I'm there in the trenches with them. I've mm-hmm. rolled up my sleeves. I'm doing the work. It's just that I guess iba yung center at power forward. Ako nasa di ba parang nasa reserve lang ako. I don't know nasa bench lang ako. But I'm there. I'm doing the work. I'm sweating it out. Um. I think iba lang yung iba lang yung role, or maybe I have a different definition of enabler. Pero I don't know. I feel like I'm part yeah. of it with them. I'm co-creating it with them. Yeah. Well, because you know, at risk of going down this sports metaphor a little <laughs> too far. No, sure. I always I always think it's either like we're the point guard, we bring the ball down and we figure out how the play flows. Yeah. yeah. But also at some point, para tayong GM. I mean, like. We're deciding yeah. who the players will re- we we recruit are. We're deciding what what this team even looks like, and and yeah. who can come in and function together. So, at risk of again this, I I don't know why I'm always worried about lionizing the the entrepreneur, lionizing the boss. But we're not that great, guys. Like it's just we're just dealing with different challenges, and it's like we are yeah. we yeah. built up our skill set so that. If before our challenges were at the creative level, now we can actually guide people who are going through creative challenges that we went through, but we can be helping more people. And I think that's sort of my imagining of the enabler is that if I'm up here, I can allow more things to happen uh, by giving more people opportunities, which I myself may never have, have had. Right. So so let me amend let me amend na lang siguro my 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 statement no um and and at the same time respond to what you just said say I want to change the verb that you use eh yung parang oh we can be here at the court playing with you we can be here we can be there um mm. I don't think we can I don't think we necessarily can but we have to that's what's called upon us as the business owners sure. as the entrepreneurs eh it's that ability to have different levels and altitudes and okay. views okay. of what's happening in the organization. I think to that extent and in that context, 
then yes, I don't just think of myself as a creator. There are days when I'm a creator, I'm down there, I'm doing the work, I'm doing the art direction. Sometimes I do the artwork then or, or do the copywriting. But sometimes I have to be the coach at the benches, checking mm. in on everyone, making sure everyone's at their best so that they can also deliver their best. But sometimes I also have to be the employer and business owner. What is best for this organization as a whole? And if it means, hey, player one, I have to let go of you, then that's that's what we need to do. Because here's what's happening naman outside the organization that might impact how we're doing here inside. So yung pag-change ng altitude na yun, that's, that's not necessarily a skill, but it is certainly what's called on us. Um and not everyone can do it, right? Not, I, not, I, not that, that's exactly why. That's exactly why I would say it's a skill. Yeah, say yeah. It's navigating where you need to be is a skill, yeah. right? Because the easy way to go about it is to keep doing the thing that you're very good at, and then you just become a micromanager, and you're depriving people of opportunity on that level. And yeah. then the other risk is you stay up, and you lose sense of what's happening. And and then everything kind of falls apart. So maybe each of these things is not a skill in itself, but the ability to navigate is is definitely like one of those challenging things that we have to do. So have have you again patting ourselves on galing natin, no? Like no, no, have, have yeah, you heard the like, profile though, Carl. So dito dito maybe papasok yung 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 challenge. Um, so si builder profile ng galop. They talk is this about a skills finder. Si strengths finder. Yeah, 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 strengths finder. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. builder profile daw kasi any venture, any organization, any any business, you need to have three people. Right? Okay. You need to have uh, an expert. So someone who really knows what they're doing and can dig deep. Yeah. Um, you need to have a conductor. Someone na magaling mag-air traffic control, mag-place ng sure. right people, right role, ganyan. And you need to have a rainmaker, someone who can see the opportunities and hey, like let's capitalize on this thing that's happening. Mm, this is cool. I think okay. for business owners and entrepreneurs, yun yung sinasabi nilang, based on research, your company needs to have all three. Uh-huh. But until you get to a point in the company where you can just hire those people or you have partners you can trust who can fill these three roles naturally, Kaya siguro natin pinag-uusapan yon as as we have to have these three altitudes. Kasi right. sa ngayon, in, in the lifespan of your company and my company, we may not yet necessarily have those people in place. I know I don't. And so I have to do that for now on behalf of everyone. And and it's hard. Um, so I look forward to the day where I can find these three people, the two other people, three people, Kasi yun yung what will really be the accelerant for your organization. I, I, I can relate. So I've never heard this framework before, but yeah. it's really bringing a lot of ideas together in terms of, crap, we kind of have to do all of this sometimes. Or we're yeah. doing two more than one. We wind up prioritizing something over the others. And I think, actually, I think a lot of companies launch with full experts Diba? Parang yun yung challenge na maraming entrepreneurial ventures. You launch with a bunch of experts, but you don't have the control. That Actually, often, the challenge is air traffic control. Yes. Yes. Right. Oh, A lot of the coaches that I work with, um, as business owners, ang origin story nila is, Oy, uh, ilang dekada na kasi ako nagkukumpuni ng aircon. So, I guess, magbubukas na lang ako ng aircon repair shop. Or like, I was so good at, you know, um, doing copywriting. I just decided to open a writing agency. So they're experts, eh? Yeah. Right? And, and the challenge then is, do you also know how to be a conductor? Can you spot talent and put them in the right place, diba? Or do you also know how to be a rainmaker, diba? I also have one coachy who's a rainmaker naman. Like, pinasok ko tong negosyo na to kasi kita ko talaga, kikita yan in the next three years. But he doesn't know a thing about the industry. He doesn't know how the sales process works. So, yun yung mga challenges nila eh. Like, how yeah. do you become agile enough and flexible enough, have the perspective to see these different altitudes so that you can respond to what's needed? 
So I have, I have one question that will go back to the resistance to the entrepreneur label. And it's, I was not comfortable with that Rainmaker bit because yeah. I did sort of come up in this framework of if you're rich, you probably abused someone to get that money. You may make a narrative. Didn't you have an episode in one of your other shows about limiting beliefs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So this is one, one of those. Of <laughs> this is okay. one of those if you have money medyo masama kang tao in some way or other yeah yeah like yeah. you know rich people like rich people shouldn't exist I don't know I I do think there shouldn't be so much social inequality but it's something it you see it's something I continue to wrestle with but at the start <laughs> of all of this I was perfectly fine with expertise and I was perfectly fine being a conductor but yeah. the rainmaker thing is difficult and yeah. and i think if if you're trained in a sort of a very artistic background parang yung yung sell out feel or you know that that is something that that was really a lot a lot to overcome for sure and and just like you i've had to overcome ren and and question my relationship with money kasi ganun din ako yung I grew up watching TV shows where lahat ng mga kontrabida mayayaman, mm-hmm. nakadungaw sa balkonahe, may goblet of wine, ipasok yung mga kabayo sa kwadra. Like, they're, they're, they're the villains, di ba? Okay. Um, and, and, and so, I think over time, that, became, that had to be something that I consciously had to come to terms with. Right. Um, at some point, I got to the point where my motto in life became okay lang hindi mayaman basta hindi gutom. So, medyo healthier okay. na yung relationship ko with that. <laughs> now though, 10 years after that shift, now I'm at the point where no, the, the money in and of itself is not the good or the evil thing. It's if I have more money, I can scale my impact. I can yeah. take better care of my employees. I can deliver better services to my clients. So nandun na yung headspace ko ngayon. Eh. And it took, what, tw- 30 years to get to that point? Pero ngayon, ang goal ko, Carl, gusto ko yumaman. <laughs> so you're younger than me, and I'm still not like super healthy there. But I will say I like nice things. And that's the thing that's always limited me from being like a, Hardcore, very principled person. Like I'll I'll look at things philosophically and go, oh, it's like all of this inequality is wrong, blah blah blah. And then it's like, but I like my iPhone. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> but but bro, I like having an iPhone. Eh. And then it's like, but also I kind of like being able to go into a, a restaurant and like yeah, buy a yeah. really expensive steak and it's quiet in that restaurant because. Most people can't yeah. afford it. You may <laughs> you, you feel guilty about it. I do, I do, but uh, also I so also enjoy it. So you know, again, I have I have a lot of <laughs> I have a lot of conflict to deal with here. Um, you know, I, I do like my iPhone, but I also know that there are some issues in how iPhones are produced, <laughs> right? Or you know, I always have, like to have a, a really yeah. good Nike sneaker, but I also know that there's some problematic stuff going on there, but. It's 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 sort of attempting to acknowledge and wrestle with all of these things, but yeah. then when you scale, and I I speak in all of these terms as a consumer, right? right. But when you shift yeah. responsibility over, where we're actually in charge of people's jobs, when things get tight, we are forced to make difficult decisions that affect people's lives, and on a philosophical level. Who put you in a position to make that kind of decision? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. You did. <laughs> like, we did. We, we put yes, ourselves in yes, this. Yes. <laughs> so so, so I'll, I'll share with you one mindset that I guess has helped me wrestle with that trend. Because I do like my creature comforts. I, I like my iPhones and buying myself a book and, and watching the movies and whatever. But And, and but, I, I distinctly remember your sago... Um, your your frozen yogurt sago, your your irrationally priced frozen yogurt sago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I have <laughs> the way I've come to terms with that is stewardship. 
yung if I've been given this much spending power and I want to spend it on an iPhone, then that's fine. But it's on me to actually look after that iPhone and not be so frivolous with these decisions because these purchasing decisions have weight to it, right? It's like you said, major sure. problematic some of the companies. But then again, what's your alternative? What's the alternative to buying... An Android phone? Ugh. <laughs> 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 
um, you know, I, I think in a very similar fashion, we are a very mission-driven organization. A lot of the work that we do, I mean, we do a lot of fun stuff, but there's also a lot of work here that is really committed yeah. to, you know, democracy, nation building, like these these very lofty mission-driven philosophies. That that's that's me being yeah. raised on a steady diet of Spider-Man comics, eh? <laughs> With great power must come great responsibility. Yeah. But also, <laughs> you know, yung uh because we aren't given very great businessman examples in comics. Bruce is not great. He just wants to run the foundation. He's, he's only running the foundation. He hands off management, right? And then Tony Stark is just a builder. He's not a great manager or negotiator for a lot of these things. In fact, he goes and he sells his weapons to whoever is, is willing to pay. So I think we were lacking in, in uh, better entrepreneurial examples. Sino pa bang businessman? Lex Luthor. <laughs> Everyone's kind of it. Evil business person, right? the, the first few Superman comics, he was beating up uh, on, on rich people who were uh, enabling crime. So, so uh, I'll, I'll also challenge that, Carl, by saying that I actually have a role model naman when it comes to business. No, I, I'm one of the few people who actually enjoyed Heroes for Hire, which gets canceled a lot. <laughs> um, and for those who are not familiar with it, see, Heroes for Hire is a Marvel comic featuring Iron Fist and see Luke Cage, Power Man. Mm -hmm. um, and all they do is they hang out in their downtown headquarters <laughs> waiting for people to be willing to pay them to yes. save whoever. Like, neighborhood social impact type comics, Shakarl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But also, <laughs> for hire. For hire. Meron oh, yeah. very clear capitalist intent. Si oh, Power Man. Oh. So, so nababalansin niya yung, yung, nababalansin niya yung pagka-selfless, heroic, ethical people niya with, hindi, kailangan ko kumain. So, ah. bigyan niya ko pera. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed that for some reason. I don't remember the stories being particularly good, but the idea of they charge people for <laughs> makes sense. A nominal fee, ganyan? Oh, it makes sense to me. Tapos, Socialist sila. Parang kung may kaya ka, you pay the fee. Pero pag hindi, sige na nga, we'll do it for free. Kawawa ka naman. They do that a lot rin eh. So, socialized pricing sila. Pay what you can. So, subsidized, gano'n? Oo, subsidized okay, okay. by Danny Rand's riches. Oh, di ba? Kasi mayaman na nga siya. Pero, he doesn't do it for free. Oh, but also, okay. but there you go. Yet another billionaire superhero who does not manage his own business oh, very well. Ilang beses na siyang na hostile takeover. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will drop my own super 80s reference for people who accept money for good deeds. And then, and then I'll move on to another thing. Mine is 18. <laughs> if, you can, if you can find them. Diba? <laughs> and if you can pay them, they will help you with your problems. They will help yeah. you find justice. Um so part of this conversation, and if you've been following A Better Normal, you've been seeing Albert's art in support of it. And, and Albert and I find ourselves collaborating again. We have this giant aspiration, which is to put out a book. And I, I think if you say put out a book between Albert and I, I don't know, man. We've put out a lot of books. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure between us, like you can't count on, on your hands. And yet... There's this feeling that every single book is a giant like effort. And so Albert and I are going to be coming out with a with a better normal book. Yeah. Um Pushpin X Puma Podcast. Um, right. And it's going to be um essays from us, learning from the various entrepreneurs that we interview on a better normal. It's going to be um we have this aspiration of making fun activities for aspiring entrepreneurs. And we don't just want it to be this like rah-rah entrepreneurship, you can do it kind of book. We really want it to have very practical things. And Albert and I talking about some of the big issues that we confront. Not We've been talking about some of them here, but a, a lot of deeper ones. And I'll end 
the last 15 minutes or so by asking. We have we have a few people watching. If you want to ask questions, you can type in. Mebumati say Albert if you want if you want to say hello. Yeah. I, I I don't even know how to do that. But okay, I'll check and uh, no. <laughs> yeah, have- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I can yeah. see it. So now. hello. One of the things that I've already written two essays about and probably will write three or four more is imposter syndrome. And it's weird yeah. because here we've been struggling with identifying and what we are as entrepreneurs, but um, weirdly enough, Albert and I continue to suffer from imposter syndrome. You want to talk about how this affects you on the day-to-day? Does it still? No, I, I, I was actually also about to ask you, how, how does that show up for you? How does that manifest for you? So yung, uh, the last two weeks I was in Thailand attending a couple of very different media conferences. And at these media conferences, they would see my ID and they would go, hey, we do, we've heard of Puma Podcast. And, you know, these are people from other countries. They're not in our geography. This probably doesn't show up in their feed. But they've heard of us and how successful we are and how well we've been doing. And I, I don't know how much of this is imposter syndrome or whatever. But the inability to accept a compliment is, yeah. is a big okay. thing. Okay. And so... Even if there's some objective truth to the compliment, like yeah. oh, you know, yeah, objectively true. Like this year, we hit number one on the news charts and all this stuff. Like big accomplishments for us. Um, two million listens. <sighs> like objectively, there these things exist, and yet someone comes in and gives me a, a compliment about it, and I kind of want to run away. I don't, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I want to run away. Uh, I my response to that used to be when someone compliments me, I'll counter with some self-deprecating joke, just to kind of deflate it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now I'm, you know, I have I have kids na now, eh, so I've learned to just say thank you graciously. Um, because I also well, want. Wait, wait. How does yeah. the how does the having kids, uh, influence? Because I was like, do they not appreciate you enough so you'll take compliments? No, and no, 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 no. It's, it's, I think. <laughs> for me kasi is and, and I think that's also why as a you know Pushman has been around for almost 10 years I think we're on our 10th na next year wow, but, but I really only became very introspective about who I am as a business owner when we had kids now when the kids came out so that's what seven years ago lang because right. I think the shift there Carl is now all of a sudden I've started thinking about what kind of people do I want them to grow up to be. Mm-hmm. And, and so part of that long journey, long conversation, long thought process was, you know, I want them to know how to take compliments graciously. So kaya pati ako napapractice rin. But having said that, I do feel the imposter syndrome a lot. Um, especially lately. I was telling you the other day na parang, oh, I'm, I'm turning 40 na. What have I accomplished? Have I done uh, everything I should be doing at my age? Because at 40, my dad was raising, not two, he was raising four kids. He bought and built na his own house. Tapos ako parang, I'm still in a condo unit. Yung parang, syempre, the comparison is there, di ba? Um, but I think part of where I'm, I'm also kind of staying in my head when I'm having these moments of imposter syndrome is also precisely because everything that I've done since I graduated from college, uh, publishing my own comics, inviting slash persuading Jamie Bautista to start up his own comic book company. And by the way, Nautilus Comics, can you hire me to be the editor-in-chief? I I talked my way into my first job, Carl. Um, And then... You know, eventually, fast forward to I started my own business. So on the one hand, yes, I created all of these opportunities for myself. But, you know, there are times when I just want to apply for a job just so I can get interviewed and just so I can be given an offer and know. In terms of compensation (laughs) and benefits, how much am I worth, HR person? (laughs) Yung gusto ko lang ma-benchmark. Like, gusto ko lang na may affirmation na, oh, yes, you are now a so-and-so level person with so-and-so salary. I don't know. I have no 
basis of comparison. And I know I shouldn't because also every time I do try to compare myself, may kabatchmate ko pero VP na siya ng ganitong company. Ito, business owner siya pero 100 million pesos a year siya and I'm just a fraction of that. Mababaliw ako when I do that. Eh. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, so that sense of I want that benchmark, I want that affirmation just so I can confirm that I'm not an imposter. But when I do try, the first thoughts that come to my mind are people who are more successful than me and not you know, ignore the ones who are less successful. So I'm also not entirely sure how to manage that on my bad days. But on my good days, then I'm reminded of the things that I accomplish and, and I pat myself on the back and, and that helps. From what you're saying, it's like, what would that look like if I were headhunted and nagpapansin yeah. lang ako sa ibang kumpanya just to have a feeling of what it's like to get this different attention externally, which might be more validating than, you know, how, how it is running your own business and having such an intimate understanding of where your business needs improvement and, and where it's weak. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, ako kasi I, I think one of the reasons why uh, the imposter syndrome doesn't go away is... Even when we're doing well, I'm always seeing where we could be better. Yeah. And yeah. so knowing when someone gives me a compliment, it's like, yeah, but if they knew about this thing and this thing and this thing, then they might find out, you know. Um, and those things can be both true at the same time. Uh, like you can be doing well and you can have challenges. And that's one of the things that I'm wrestling with. So a question from a friend listening in. How do creatives grow from putting a price on their own skill to putting a price on the service from enterprise that they're putting up? Are there Ooh. any resources or practices <laughs> you can share about this? It's a really good question. I love that. Right? Kasi pag ikaw lang, parang, ito pwedeng libre to kasi trip ko lang gawin. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's true. Ooh, right. I like it. I'll, I love I'll, that question. I'll, I'll do some simple math on this one. Right? Yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. If, if you price out what your hourly rate is, um, that's usually just what, what you sell your service for, right? And then whatever your hourly rate is plus kung nagdadagdag ka. If you're not a smart person like me, kung ano yeah. man yung ibigay sa akin ng dag offer, I just say yes. But at some point, you do have to figure out what your hourly is. And usually, you can figure out your hourly by, say, if you worked 40 hours a week or this many hours in a month, you can know how much yeah. you are worth as an individual. Now, if the idea is that you're putting up an enterprise, this model doesn't scale. If it's only because, <laughs> one, you need to factor in the cost of doing business, which in the Philippines is incredibly expensive. So if you're not doing your own taxes, then the cost of that. So you need to factor in the cost of doing business in terms of all of the registrations and things that you need to take care of. That's one. And it's hard to get a number, but if you spread it across a year, you'll get a sense of how much that is. And then you have to distribute yeah. that across your contracts. That's one. <laughs> so on top of cost of doing business is then you have to start to price out how much you're worth as an individual at your skill level. And then when you recruit people onto your team to execute a project with you, iba-ibang skill level. So, kunwari, my one hour is not worth the same as an entry-level person at, you know, even X number of hours. So, you're going to have to do, there's no easy answer. It's a lot of computations. And it's not a creative, well, there is some creativity it is, it that is, is involved. It is a creative exercise. Right? Yeah. It is a creative exercise, but it's uh -huh. also a financial modeling exercise. So the best thing to yeah. do here is if you're a creative, you work with someone who can help you with costing because they're the ones who can provide that context of you need to add these things. Because, you know, fatal flaw for a long time for us is we would price things as if walang cost of doing business or something. Like <laughs> we, would, we would imagine... Yeah. Our execution costs, and then dadagdagan ng kaunte, and then profit. Okay na yan, ganyan. And then you don't realize like all of the things that are involved. And we didn't do that for long, but I know I as an individual, I was just 
perfectly happy to take money when I was a freelancer. <laughs> um, I didn't do any of this costing. Uh, ikaw. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I will latch on to the one of the words that you said, which is modeling. Um, and and I like this question only because I felt like, ooh, this can be an entire second hour. Kaya ako napahinto na eh. Like, what's the most concise way to frame this? So in answer to this question, how do you go from putting a price on your own skill to putting a price on an enterprise? Um, the key there is really modeling. Eh. So you have to be prepared to figure out and simulate what if it's at this price point? What if it's at this price point? What if it's at this price point? If ako lang yon mag-isa, how many days do I want to work this year? Let's say 100. Para the rest, banjing, banjing, bonus na lang. But the 100 days I want to work and that I want to aim for should cover my living expense, my operating cost and everything. Like, magkano yun tuloy per hour? Sige, that's my basis for costing it. You can also cost it based on the value of the people and what they bring to the table. That's fine. You can benchmark it against, well, what are clients willing to pay for this service? So then you start asking around from competitors, from colleagues who are doing similar things to what you're doing. Or, and this is my favorite, you can ask, what problem am I solving for the client? And how much is this solution worth to them? Right? Because it might be that your time is maybe, let's say, 1,000 pesos an hour. Yun yung ano mo, cost no na napeg sa kanya. But this problem is so monumental. Client really just wants peace of mind mm-hmm. and sleep better at night. They're willing to pay 3,000 pesos. Why wouldn't you charge that amount? So once you figure out and model these different things, and sometimes you have to do trial and error, you'll lose some clients along the way. But Staying on top of your numbers from bottom up and top down, like both directions, meet in the middle. That's how you'll find that sweet spot for how to price your business. Um, so yun, laro, laro lang siya. Just play around with numbers. Taking note here, that is no different whether you're in a creative industry or any other thing, right? Yeah. It's the same. Ang difference lang kasi is the raw material. And I think that's the thing that we need to be pricing for better, right? Because so construction yeah, or yeah. whatever, like cost of goods, ganyan, raw material. But when a creative comes to the table, the years of work that we've put into our creativity so that we can make these things or go into the, the, these imaginative spaces that other people cannot, that is a thing that we actually don't cost very well. Right? But it, that's, it also a thing that we don't, that's also a thing that we also traditionally, don't tend to communicate the value of very well. Yes, yes. Um, and so when it comes to creative businesses in particular, the natural tendency has always been to present ourselves as alchemists and magicians. And, uy, pag nasa mood ako, lalabas ako ng yeah. Lion Award-winning Here's idea. the magic. Yeah, Here's yeah. the magic thing. Because we feel so... Feeling ko imposter syndrome yan eh. Pero because we're so protective of our craft that we don't want to show it. That's but fair. there's so much of and the and, craft. But yeah. also, it's a, it's a literature, we are taught that part of literature is making it look effortless. Your art should yeah. look like so, so it's it's, easy. It's Which is why. Yeah. So, right. no, because, it, because it looks easy, then people are like, oh, so why should I pay so much? But you know, one thing that's allowed me, for example, to, to double our prices in the space of a year and not lose a single client is we did two things. Eh. One was we did workshops and offered it to clients for free saying, hey, let me teach you how we do things. Right. The second was we started explaining our process better. And when we did those two things, one of the impact non was they realized how hard it is to do our jobs. And yeah, so there's so, so much more yeah. willing to play ball with us. Yeah, there will be some respect there. So we're over an hour, and I feel like <laughs> this is another conversation that, that could run. Like we've been through some things that could run an hour. So if you're here, you're listening, or you wind up listening to this episode after it's posted, um, 
there will be more of these conversations and there will be a book. Um, thanks, Albert. Any last bits you want to close with? Only to say that creativity is not a dirty word. Neither is it a magical word. It is both amorphous, but at the same time, a skill that can be developed. And so if you are a creative going into business, neither is that a dirty word. You can learn it. And it's the same the other way around. If If you feel like, no, but I'm a numbers guy, hindi naman ako creative, that can be learned as well. And I think that's one thing that I want to take away from this chat we've had. Yeah, thank you. So I'm going to thank the Puma podcast team, Mark, who has been sitting beside me uh, this whole time monitoring Ella, who is in the background, literally, but who's supported us through and just the entire team that uh, puts this show together. So thanks, everyone. And um, we will be back with more. I've been your host, Carl Javier, and you've been listening to A Better Normal. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow Puma Podcast on all the socials and follow me on IG. It's at Carl Javier, Carl with a C. If you liked this episode, please do me and at least one of your friends a favor. Tell a friend about this episode and this podcast so we can build a community of people making a better normal. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.